in life, they say that nothing worth it is ever easy. And if that's true, then Timo Meyer might very well be extremely worth it because the trade market gets even more crowded day by day, as not only are the St. Louis Blues entering the market, but so too are the Vegas Golden Knights. How are the Jets going to pull this off? And can they win Timo Meyer's love and adoration? We'll dive into this on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On right now to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, you know, the, the Timo Meyer chase has been pretty much all that any of us have talked about in Winnipeg. Let's be real. We're all pretty much just holding and, and sort of waiting with bated breath the trade announcement that sends, you know, the biggest trade market asset to some team, whether it's the Jets, uh, Carolina, or New Jersey. But suddenly, you know, the past week or so, the Canes and the Devils went a little bit quiet, which means, you know, oftentimes part of the negotiation process, you're, you're, you're testing the waters, you're seeing what other offers you can field, and the Sharks don't exactly seem like they're trying to rush this, Right. As much as they would love to get Timo Meyer onto a new team before he suddenly goes down with a serious injury, uh, like he has recently, where he did have a a lingering issue that that was day to day, you know they're still going to be patient. I, I think that they're still doing a good job of evaluating their options because they have some really big offers and really big contenders who are looking for a massive, like game changing ad. And recently, the the media seems to have picked up on the Winnipeg Jets as being one of the most interesting candidates, because while the Jets are probably further back of a team like New Jersey or Carolina due to the assets and everything, it does seem like, at least from a very on-paper perspective, the Jets are one of the best teams situated to not only acquire Meyer, but also sign him long-term. Now, we know that contextually that's you know not quite as clear-cut as we'd like it to be. Resigning free agents in Winnipeg can be a little bit of a challenge, uh, I think a team really needs to be very successful in order for hockey players and pro athletes to potentially overlook some of the challenges that might come from living in a city that's a little bit less metropolitan, a little bit less of the big market sort of place. Uh, you know, for me, Winnipeg is a very wonderful city. It's not that dissimilar from Baltimore, obviously on the smaller side, but, you know, you live there long enough for a lot of folks, it's it's home and it has a really thriving, you know, underground cultural scene with great music, a lot of great cultural fairs and everything. So 
maybe not the most exciting for a young hockey player, but for those who are longtime residents, they will always tell you how much Winnipeg is a really great place to live. And I think Meyer would probably find the same thing if he actually spent time there. But for a young pro athlete, you do have some natural inclinations towards cities like, say, New York or uh, some of the places that are, are nearby New York City, maybe even Boston. And then suddenly you have a couple of new entrants into the scene. And these entrants actually have not, not only really big living destinations, but potentially some cap space to work with. The first, I think, is the least likely of these candidates. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. I think Vegas, for me, would have to do a lot of, of salary cap circumvention and stuff to try and get around this whole situation. And I don't really know if LTIRing, you know, Mark Stone for the rest of the year is going to be enough to fully pull this off and then, you know, eventually find some sort of a long-term extension. If Vegas were to trade for Meyer, it would be a purely short-term thing. And honestly, I don't even know if it's really worth it for the Knights to go that route because, you know, with where Vegas is, unless they can move a major contract off the books, it just feels like maybe not the easiest uh, gamble to stomach unless they trade him uh, once his RFA rights are, are basically at the end and they can still recruit some assets. So options there, it would be probably a, a very nice, very expensive rental. You know, I, I still think for Vegas, they have too many challenges to negotiate. And I just don't know if Meyer necessarily fixes everything that's wrong with that team. There are some things that are, are very clearly uh, a problem for Vegas this year. Still a very strong team, still a very big force in the West, but obviously not as good as they used to be. And Meyer would definitely help. But the Blues are the bigger problem for the Jets because St. Louis has moved a number of big contracts off the books. Colton Pareko might also be on the move. And if Pareko goes off with his eight-year or whatever deal he's got, suddenly St. Louis has a lot more room long-term to start game planning for a Meyer extension. And as much as I hate to say it, St. Louis is probably a more attractive destination for a young free agent looking to settle down long-term. Uh, the Blues also have had you know, pretty darn good success with top-end goal scorers like Tarasenko. They had TJ Oshie for a bit. Barbashev is doing pretty well this year. Uh, of course, they've got guys like Kairu and Robert Thomas. So a very successful young team that is rapidly turning over. And not only are they turning the roster over, they're also acquiring really big assets. And those assets, you know, for futures could be turned into a very rapid turnaround rebuild, right? You might suddenly be able to walk into a Jakob Chikrin and a Timo Meyer in the span of the same window. So... <clears throat> For the Jets, this is a really big problem because the Blues have a lot of assets to throw at this. And, you know, they might also be able to convince Timo that staying in St. Louis long term is a better option than going elsewhere. And that's not even factoring in the New, Jer New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. So for the Jets, there's suddenly a lot more competition and, a, you know, a legitimate piece of competition that I don't know that anyone really expected with how the Blues are this year. But, you know... Uh, for what it's worth, I guess, uh, Carolina and New Jersey still remain the front runners. But the biggest question for you is, how is this going to impact the Jets? And how do they navigate the next few weeks as we rapidly close in on the trade deadline? We'll dive into all of the implications of this and how the Jets should prepare for their game uh, today against the New York Islanders, all coming right up in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I wanted to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to point scores to the number of threes drained by your favorite shooter. Maybe you're a big Steph Curry fan and you want to see if he can help resuscitate the Golden State Warriors this year. Maybe you want to cast a bet on who you think is going to be champion again. Perhaps it's the Celtics. Maybe another team that you feel is an underdog. Or maybe you're feeling like you're looking far ahead and you want to maybe predict where LeBron James is going to finish his career as either a player or in his total points accumulated. No matter what you want to do, though, FanDuel lets you win even more by combining your bets for a a bigger payout using same-game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We are diving into what has quickly become a very complicated trade market for Timo Meyer. Uh, the, the Sharks are not exactly rushing things, fielding lots of offers. And to make matters more challenging, teams don't really have the opportunity to talk to Meyer's camp right now until more offers are fielded. So, For the Jets, right, the biggest thing and the biggest sticking point that has come up is that it's against their cultural DNA to trade for players who are, by and large, rentals. And I think that is true to a point, but we've seen, you know, when the Jets chased Paul Stastny and a few others, shorter-term players aren't necessarily the worst thing, right? The Jets are comfortable acquiring these guys if they can make a meaningful impact and if the price is within reason. Now, where I see the sticking point for the Jets is that Timo is probably going to look for like a really prime market and he'll have his pick of the litter. I'm not saying that going to New Jersey is necessarily like the nicest place to live, but New Jersey is also really close to the New York area. So it's not like you would have to go far if you wanted to live maybe out of state or something and enjoy the local nightlife. Uh, You know, Carolina, Raleigh, I don't know that much about Raleigh or what that's like, but Either way, you know, the Jets are just kind of up against it, and they've always been when it comes to free agents. But by the same token, I think a lot of what the Jets could do is really pitch this team as a project that's got two or three years left that has a really good chance of being a very strong competitor. And then after that window, you've still got to rebuild, but you have exciting young talents in the pipelines, guys like Chisholm, uh, maybe Heinola, if he somehow is still around by then. Uh, Rashevsky, of course, is still very talented. Shiprikov, uh, but most importantly, Lambert, Lucius, and McGrordy. That's kind of like your big three-headed monster. Now, <laughs> whether that you know that's actually going to be the case here in a few weeks because the one of those or, or two of those guys may be swapped is a little bit of a different story. But you know, uh, bottom line is the Jets really need to find some way to make this pitch as attractive as humanly possible. Winnipeg is running out of time, and I think the more that we see these other teams kind of getting into the market and really pushing the value in a direction that I think makes it difficult for the Jets to compete, the worse this is going to be for Winnipeg. I think if the Jets really miss out on Meyer, it almost kind of destroys their entire trade deadline process, right? Everything has kind of been focused on Meyer. The media is really catching on that the Jets are very seriously pursuing this. 
It was just leaked today, I think by either Friedman or Merrick, that the Jets had already made some kind of an overture to uh, the Sharks. And it's not shocking, right? You know, just a couple of weeks ago, Chevaldeoff was in personal attendance in San Jose. Everyone knows Winnipeg is going to be one of the top teams trying to get Timo Meyer out of there. But whether that's really enough for the Jets to actually pull this off, I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of really natural fits for the Jets, but the problem is going to come with a price tag. And I feel like for the Jets, they're just not interested in something where they don't know if they're getting Timo past this year. In my mind, I kind of feel like you just take the risk anyways, because he's still going to be an RFA. If he doesn't really want to stay long-term, then just trade him again. I mean, you can get one good year out of him, uh, one big playoff run, and then send him to another team that he wants to go to and probably still get a pretty decent package in terms of assets. Sure, he might not have term on his deal when he gets moved again, but the reality is uh, teams would probably still want to negotiate with his rights anyways. So this would be a, a really good opportunity for the Jets to try and make a play. And if things go really well this year, if they make a deep, deep playoff run, maybe it convinces Meyer that this is the place to stay. One of his best friends plays for the Jets. Winnipeg is a great hockey city. Uh, the Jets have a lot of really amazing talent, and they have a goalie that's good enough to steal them more than one playoff series. So a lot to consider, but I, I think for the Jets, you know, the price is definitely moving up. We've heard Cole Perfetti being mentioned as potentially part of the package. Now that Perfetti is on IR for the next several days, that's going to potentially change things. Uh, Cole, you know, you're not really going to be able to do much with him. I don't know how long his injury is going to be for the Jets are being very cagey about that. But suffice it to say, it doesn't sound great. So Winnipeg, you're going to have to really step up and, and show us what you're made of. If ever there was a time for the Jets to be really aggressive and surprise us with a, a trade of the century, this would be it. Let's just hope that they're on the winning side of it and acquiring Timo Meyer. Now, before the Jets even get to Timo Meyer, they still have some difficult opponents to get through, and one of them is the New York Islanders. We're going to dive into this Isles team and what makes them particularly annoying this year and whether or not Winnipeg should be worried in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just wrapping up really quickly with some final thoughts before Winnipeg takes on the Islanders this evening. Obviously, the Jets are still chasing Timo Meyer, and that remains the biggest story, but the season's still going on, and the Jets definitely need to collect as many points as humanly possible. A lot of the teams behind them in the Central have been gaining ground, so not ideal, but, you know, certainly livable. Now, for the Islanders, obviously, uh, this team has had a little bit of upheaval recently, very up and down performance. Generally not a great team this year, but the goaltending has kind of been spectacular and they still have a couple of really dangerous performers. Now, Matt Barzal is not going to be one of them since he's injured indefinitely. Who knows how long that's going to be, which now means that a lot of pressure is going to fall onto guys like Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Bo Horvat, um, and of course, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. This team, when you look at their scoring, most players are kind of like in the half a point per game range in their top nine. You know, Pajot has like 29 points in 56 games. Parise, you know, still clicking along, but like 24 points in 60 games. Um, Dobson is like the fourth highest scorer on this team, and he's got 35 points. So 
Scoring for the Isles has kind of come at a premium this year. They don't have anyone at a point or above per game, which is a little bit rough. Uh, Nelson is their leading scorer by a, by a decent enough margin to where you're looking at the rest of the roster, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty substandard. Now, the real storyline for uh, the Islanders has been Ilya Sorokin, who is one of the Vesna front runners. I know that Linus Ulmark, uh, when you look at the number of goals saved above expectation and everything, he certainly has the edge. But I also look at just how good the Bruins are, and I feel like with that context, Sorokin has had to do a lot more with a lot less. And Sorokin is still putting up massive numbers. He's rocking like a 924 save percentage, five shutouts on the year, and has like, you know, like 19 wins or something, which is pretty crazy for a team that's not particularly great. This Isles team has really struggled to put together a string of great results. Now, Horvat might be able to help a lot. I think Bo is going to be at least something of a spark plug. He's already at six points in eight games, which shows that, you know, his his form from the Canucks hasn't really slowed down. But despite all that, right, Horvat is both a very good player and also doesn't really solve any of what is critically wrong with New York. It's a little bit like a, a more dire version of what the Jets are facing, an aging roster without uh, a lot of offensive depth the further down you go. But unlike the Jets, uh, the Islanders are a lot older in a you know kind of the wrong areas. The top six doesn't have as much finishing talent. And so <clears throat> for New York, New York, this is kind of like hockey purgatory. And it's really imperative for them to try and make the most of what they can out of this whole situation. Barzal going down kind of screws the rest of their season, in my personal opinion. But this is a team that's going to be playing desperate hockey. They're going to be scrapping uh, forward against the Jets, especially now that they have possession of a playoff spot. You know, for as not great as the Islanders may be, they're still decent enough to get into the wild cards, which is currently where they're sitting right now. And uh, it's a very tight margin, right? You know, the Panthers, uh, the Penguins, the Red Wings, the Caps somehow, the Sabres, all these teams are chasing those last two wildcard spots. And with the Islanders only having a one-point margin in first place for the, the first wild card, you can tell that this is going to be a really tight race to the finish. Um, there's not really a way for New York to get past the Rangers or the Devils, certainly not with as many games as they've played over their opponents. But for at least the first wild card, going to be a tough one. And I think this team is going to push the Jets to the limit. New York has traditionally been a very trap-heavy team, one that plays uh, plodding defensive hockey at times and knows how to shut down opponents when they've got a lead. So Winnipeg really has to be on its best behavior. Uh, don't give away cheap pucks. Don't you know take too many penalties like they've been doing recently. And make sure that Hellebuck maybe doesn't have to work as hard this time. Uh, I hope that Sandberg becomes unbenched because I think Sandberg would be a very helpful player for this kind of game defensively sound, a little bit more mobile, and I think he'll do a really good job of also helping on the PK. So a lot for the Jets to digest. As long as Winnipeg stays off of the PK, I think this should be a game in which the Jets have a pretty good odd of winning, but they're going to have to play a lot better than they did against the Rangers because that performance was pretty shambolic. But I'm going to say this performance 3-1 Jets Drop your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But for tonight, that's all the time that we have. 
Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.